Broadcasting live from the Zimmer Communications World Headquarters. Great news for the American people. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Featuring Stephanie Bell, News Director Brian Houseworth, John Marsh, and Hannah the Producer. This is why we listen to you. Get ready, pal. And now, here's your host, Brandon Rathert. I Supposed to stop and walk out of the room. Tell them it's going to be a rock and roll. Joe, I'm supposed to stop talking and then uh, walk out of here, exit uh, stage left. Hard to believe that guy landed some punches on Trump yesterday. Big Trump announcement. He put out the announcement coming up on December 15th, 2022. America needs a superhero. What was that big announcement yesterday? We're going to get into that a few minutes from now. But first, we do want to celebrate this on a feel-good Friday. Ashland Police Department posting on Facebook, found safe. Emily Dubes, young lady, 15 years old, apparently had been missing since December the uh, the 12th. Uh, best anybody could tell, she apparently cut a screen, ran away from home, and there was some folks in Ashland that were like, hey, wait, why, why isn't the Ashland, why is there no Amber Alert? They were working hard. Uh, There's there just really specific requirements for uh, meeting the uh, Amber Alert um I don't know, requirements. Um, and so uh, the police department put out a statement earlier this week saying, hey, we're doing everything we can. But we did hear from her father and some others saying, look, the longer she's gone, you know, the more concerning this is. So I know I breathed a sigh of relief when I saw that this morning. And it really is a feel good Friday to know that she is home safe. It's been put out that she's just a runaway. I just want people to know she's not just a runaway. She is in trouble. And that was uh, her dad. So we don't know any of the details, where she's been, what's going on. We don't know how much can be said. We'll tell you we have reached out to Gabe Edwards, chief of police in uh, Ashland. Obviously, him and his department, very thin department, incredibly busy very with small. the investigation on this this morning. He said he would try to join us here to get us the full story. And I don't know how much they will be able to say that, but she's home. I think the biggest thing, yes, and it's great news, and I, I concur with what Stephanie said, and the biggest thing is she is safe and she is at home, but the biggest thing for people at home, we don't need all the details. We're not going to get a lot of details. Uh, the police are going to be very careful. Again, we're dealing with a juvenile here. So whatever they put out here, I don't expect it to be a very big statement. Uh, and, and hopefully he can join us on the air. But it's probably going to be personal family stuff. It, it's it, Exactly. And, um, and people need to accept that. And uh, But the, the best news is she's okay. 
And that's what we are grateful for. One of the things we are grateful for here on a Feel Good Friday. Good morning and welcome into Wake Up Mid-Missouri. There's Stephanie Bell decked out in red. Good morning. And we wear red. There's a very specific reason that most of us, anyhow, wear red. There it is. <laughs> I was Sorry. waiting for it. Sorry, you can't knock a guy for... Hey, listen, when you're when you're Adam Oates and you put that assist out there, I gotta be Brett Hall and I gotta score. <laughs> yeah, so we normally wear red to remember everyone deployed. Um, I did not realize until I pulled into the parking lot and I saw Brian Houseworth in the window uh, that I forgot to wear red. I saw his red shirt and immediately went, crap. Uh, and who started the uh, Red Fridays here on the show? Uh, that would be me. That's awesome. Or Tim Grinky, whichever. Or Tim Grinky, former longtime mayor of uh, Centralia, and actually kind of an it. And we do this not to brag and say, hey, look at what we're doing. But maybe you haven't left for work yet. You could put on uh, put on red and you go out. and it's... Be like Anna, just do the rosy red cheek thing. There you go, yeah. <laughs> Probably because she's feverish, but you know. No. She forgot we're all, heavily, we're all heavily sedated. We're all on meds, with the exception of Stephanie's the only sober one on the show this morning. This show was brought to you by Dayquil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stephanie, Stephanie did help me out a little bit. She brought in these awesome little koozies that are red. Did you read what they say, Brandon? Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Can we hold that up to the uh, hold that up to the uh, uh, camera? Uh, it says Ron DeSanta. Hmm? Uh, Saving Christmas and keeping Florida free. I love it. That's pretty good. And it's a like a cartoon picture of DeSantis with a Santa hat and glasses, like sunglasses on. Listen, even Santa wears red on uh, on Feel Good Fridays to remember everyone uh, deployed. Uh, there's Mr. John Marsh. Good morning. My name is Brendan Rather. Glad you could be here. Coming up, by the way, 635 this morning, Harmeet Dillon did a lot of work with Team Trump as an attorney. Uh, she's You see her on Fox TV all the time, and now she's running. So right now, Ronna McDaniel is the chair of the Republican National Committee. And everybody within within the Republican Party is saying, well, it's Mitch McConnell's fault. It's Trump's fault. It's their fault. Well, we didn't mark it well enough. There's a lot of blame to go around. A lot. And some of that blame is landing at the feet of Ronna McDaniel, current head of the Republican National Committee, Harmeet Dillon. She's got some interesting things to say. Join us. She is here. 635 on Wake Up Mid-Missouri on 93.9 The Eagle and 104.5 News Radio 950 KWOS. Uh, maybe we could ask her about this. America needs a superhero. That was the announcement we played it here on the show yesterday. What was your guess? My guess was, I don't know, maybe he's getting back on Twitter. I didn't think it was really anything big. My guess was he's getting back on Twitter. Do you have a guess as to what his announcement might be? I don't think I had a guess, but it was nowhere near as bizarre as what it actually was. Houseworth? I didn't. Marsh? Yeah. I kind of had my ideas. I thought he was going to announce, after his his comments about a superhero, he was going to announce his own comic book. That that would have worked. And that's kind of close. Yeah, and right? you're not real far off. But, and that's what I thought. Is, well, superhero, maybe he's going to be a st- st- one of the stars in the latest Marvel action hero movie. There you know. go. The real X-Man. The real X-Man. Hannah, do you have any thoughts? No. No? No. Uh, I do get a little nervous, though, when he hypes up a big <laughs> announcement. Because you never really know what to expect from the guy. Right. So I do get a little nervous. I was hoping maybe he'd come out and announce and say, okay, so I announced a while ago, I am running for president in 2024, but my big announcement today is... Just kidding. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right? <laughs> gotcha. He could have like endorsed Psych. DeSantis or something, right? And say, America needs a superhero, and guess what? It's not me. 
<laughs> Trump would never say that. Oh, no. He's running. There's I, no doubt. I, I would have hoped he would have come out and said, okay, I announced a couple of weeks ago I'm running in 2024. My big announcement today is I'm going to take it seriously. I wish he would have announced that. Uh, Newsmax, moments after the big announcement. All right, breaking news right now here is that announcement, the major announcement by the 45th President of the United States. Um, he says this, my official Donald Trump digital trading card collection is here. Oh, uh, these limited edition cards featuring art of my life and career. You can collect all your favorite Trump digital cards, very much like a baseball card, but hopefully much more exciting. Remember, this is Newsmax. Um, he says, don't wait. I believe they'll go quickly. So uh, that is his major announcement. Many thought it would be political. Many thought it would be about maybe uh, creating a new party. I mean, there was so much speculation on this. Uh, but it's not that. It's a digital trading card. It's 99 bucks, and he said it would make a great Christmas gift. So, Oh, there's a bunch of them. Interesting timing for that. Yeah. $99? <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. That's that. There's the announcement. And I think, yep, we got the website up there, too. If you are interested in supporting uh, this b- business venture of the former president. <laughs> <laughs> There's some oh. cool incentives built in, though. You can end up going on a golf trip with him if you win the sweepstakes, which would oh. be awesome. But it's a digital gift or digital trading card, so like you don't even get like an actual card like to hang up in your room or anything. I mean, I can draw you something on like Microsoft Paint for like five dollars. Mm. It would it would be close. Now I don't care how much you like the guy. This is so self-absorbed. Like I'm going to release my own trading card. Of myself and charge people almost a hundred dollars for it. I'm thinking there's somebody sitting in jail this morning from J6 going, I'm in jail and this guy's out there selling non fungible tokens. That's his big announcement. <laughs> right. Man. Well, and it almost feels desperate because he's like, it'd be a great Christmas gift, like the ShamWow guy, like, buy now. It, like, he needs money before Christmas or something. <laughs> it just seems, yeah, terrible. I, I really wish he was going to come out and his announcement was going to be, hey, I announced I'm running for president. People are thinking I'm not serious, but I am serious because we need Trump. I'm back on Twitter. <laughs> And that was a close second uh, in uh, in my book. By, and Twitter, by the way, some action overnight. Twitter apparently suspending some journalists, mm-hmm. some leftist journalists. And now all of a sudden, guess who cares about being silenced on Twitter? The progressive journalist. Wait a minute. You can't you can do... Hold up now. My, how the turntables have turned. <laughs> Gosh. Uh, Elon Musk apparently suspended some journalists, some names you'd even recognize, but people from New York Times, Washington Post, uh, CNN correspondent Donny O'Sullivan, MSNBC host Keith Olbermann, it's a name we'd recognize, uh, he uh, banned, of course, Ah, oh, say you're a hypocrite, you said uh, freedom of speech, and yet uh, this is uh, dangerous, and now we... Uh, he still has that right, right? Uh... And here's his here's his excuse, and I don't know how rock solid this is, but his his excuse is what he is saying is he's saying, "Hey, listen, uh, these people were doxing me," and this goes back to a story Stephanie brought us yesterday about this. There's this kid out there who does 
he like follows Elon Musk wherever he is, posts his location, and he says these reporters that he has suspended, he says, I don't care if you're a reporter, if you're a reporter and you dox people, I don't know if those reporters have actually docked him, but dox him, but he's saying, it's a safety issue, and I don't care if you are a reporter, if you dox even me, you can criticize me all day long, but when you start putting my, you know, my life at, at, at risk, remember the progressives, oh, these, these threats from conservatives, well, it happens from from the other side, too, but that's not a big deal. Yeah, but the reporters are, are bringing up the same point that I made yesterday, was even if you cancel the Elon Jet account, this information technically is publicly available, and that kid could pu- publish it elsewhere. So they were just retweeting or, like, talking about things that are already publicly available. I think, you know... It's a weird Elon. I don't know what he's doing. I felt like yesterday was a misstep. The initial cancellation of Elon Jet was a misstep. This, I think, is a bigger problem, and it worries me about the future of Twitter. I was not worried about. I was not having a freak out about. Oh my gosh, Twitter! The end of Twitter, whatever. But th- uh, this is this is making me nervous. This morning with Gordon Deal here on the radio stations, uh, he had a guest on. You know how many people have left Twitter? Twitter. I don't know. They have a billion followers. I don't know what they're, but they're the second largest. I understand it's second largest social media behind Facebook. Most users, with the exception of Facebook. How many people have left Twitter since Elon Musk has taken over? Remember all the people, I'm leaving Twitter, and Twitter sucks, and it's the end of... Twitter's had some of its best days. (laughs) They've lost maybe a million followers (laughs) in the past month or so, which is nothing when you're talking millions upon hundreds of millions of people on Twitter. Yeah, I thought Rob Reiner was going to leave. Wasn't he he supposed to leave? (laughs) Wasn't he supposed to leave the country of Trump? Go to Canada, yeah, that was the plan. Yeah, I remember uh, there was an actor when George Bush won in 2000, he was going to leave the country, and I believe he's still around, too. Alec Baldwin was going to leave. They sent him back, sort of like Brandon going into Canada. (laughs) I can't get in. Even if I wanted to go to Canada, if Joe gets elected again, I'm going to Canada. I couldn't get into Canada because I am a foreign national who has been denied entry into the country because I stole some fishing poles when I was 17 years old. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. And coming up, we're going to be doing the daily D.C. rundown is what we do. Cover some of the big things happening underneath the D.C. circus tent. What do you have for us, Steph? Well, uh, Congress passed a bill yesterday, and uh, they're reimagining their position on vaccine mandates, apparently. (laughs) They didn't backtrack. Uh, They haven't changed their mind. They have reimagined that story five minutes from now. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri, featuring Brandon Rathard. Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathard. It's what happens when you let emotionally unbalanced people play in a room full of microphones. 93.9 The Eagle. We've been very clear uh, about what we saw happen with the vaccine uh, mandate uh, uh, basically being removed or uh, from the NDAA. We thought it was a mistake. Uh, we think that Republicans in Congress have uh, decided that they'd rather fight against uh, the health and well-being of our troops than protecting them. That shit, I know what she's talking about. No, they're not saying Republicans aren't saying we're going to fight against the health of our troops. They're saying, listen, you guys, you men and women, you know, the consequences, you know, the, the COVID, you know, here's if... You get to make up your mind. And they're not trying to detract from their health. And that's how they spin stuff. Uh, White House's Corinne Jean-Pierre talking about the vaccine mandate in the military. And that's getting us into today's 
Daily DC Rundown with Stephanie Bell. A bill that provides $858 billion for national defense cleared the Senate yesterday. Um, that bill includes a 4.6% pay raise for service members in the Defense Department civilian workforce, but importantly, eliminates the vaccine mandate for service members finally. They didn't I, backtrack. Uh, they, they reimagined. They reimagined. They've evolved. You know, and after issue. after everything we know, I just... I, I, it hurts me that there are people out there who felt forced and did yeah. have to go get it, and now it's not required, and they're stuck with that, right? And that, you know. And, and the internal battles that people had, because I know about yeah. my internal battle, and I finally decided to get vaccinated when I had a good good farm boyfriend, owns his own business for over 30 years, got laid out on the couch for a month. I decided, but it was an internal struggle. All the people went through this saying, man, and now I'm, I'm on the edge of being forced. Okay, I'm going to do it. And then afterwards, oh, never mind. <laughs> We're not going to force you, but I already got it. Right. Also on the military front, uh, the, we are going to be training additional Ukrainian troops. Uh, we were providing them with a lot of like high tech and uh, really advanced uh, weaponry and other uh, things. And there were some questions raised about, well, if we're not going to actually put troops on the ground, how are they going to know how to use all of this stuff? And so today we're learning that um, the training will take place in Germany, but the U.S. is committed to training additional Ukrainian troops so they know how to use all the stuff that we're providing. Ten months ago, I wonder, did uh, the White House administration think, man, almost a year later, not only are we still helping with supplies in Ukraine, but now we're training their personnel almost a year later. Right. Well, um, also, uh, we're talking about Puerto Rico again. I, th- I thought this was like off the table, but it's back. The U.S. Pa- House passed a bill that gives Puerto Rico, uh, basically, they're going to hold a binding referendum. There's three choices, statehood, independence, or independence with free association. Um, so they would vote, and if they picked statehood, then basically we would have to accept them as a state apparently this is doa in the senate so not really that big of a deal but i mean an interesting development nonetheless because i think you know every year things kind of get further and further and this is back in the news white house where can we get more democrats from well we got uh thousands of them coming across the border every day down (laughs) south and maybe if we get this place to be a state we'll get even more democrat voters and democrats are offloading all the sbf money apparently to charity because no one wants to be associated with that so that's interesting our meet dylan you see her on fox tv all the time she was an attorney for trump and now she is running for the Republican National Committee chair, and she joins us five minutes from now. Her take on what happened with the 2022 midterms, and more importantly, how do we fix it? Apparently, a source close to Bernie Sanders said that he might run for president in 2024 if Joe Biden doesn't. So I guess the Democratic ticket in 2024 is between the Muppets and the balcony. (laughs) That about mashes mashes up, March, doesn't it? That's much. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Jimmy Fallon there. Good morning. Welcome into Wake Up Mid-Missouri. I am Brandon Rather. There is John Marsh. Right Ste- here. Stephanie Bell's uh, sitting to the left of me this morning. Good but morning. Watching on our YouTube channel, Wake Up Mid-Missouri, she's actually off to the right. But in real life, it's to the left. There's producer Hannah. 
Good morning. Brian Housworth is here, too. 8.35 this morning. Winners and losers of the week. Please get your text in if there's somebody. And the, the more localer, the better we think it is. If you got somebody that you would like to nominate for winners and losers of the week in the local realm, please get those to us, 874-9390. And then listen to see if we use your uh, nomination coming up. 8.35 this morning here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. So a lot of blame going around still. 2022 uh, uh, midterms, Mitch McConnell this week. You had other uh, talking heads on Fox, including Sean Hannity, who's here this afternoon at 2 o'clock on the radio station, saying, hey, what you know, is it candidates? Is it this? What's going on? And you've got Republicans criticizing Republicans. And by the way, you got a bunch of Democrats now going after Democrats, going after Joe because of Title 42, which is supposed to expire next week. Twelve Senate Democrats, people like Chris Coons that are saying, hey, you got to do something at the border. So infighting all over the place. And now the Republican National Committee right now headed up by Ronna McDaniel. Uh, there's some might be some action there. So let's bring in Harmeet Dillon. She was an attorney for Trump. You see her on Fox TV all the time on Fox News. And she joins us on the show this morning here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. So we're hearing a lot of different things about what happened with 2022 midterms. Harmeet, what's your take on this? I don't think there's one simple answer to a problem that's been many years in the making. Yes, I think we need new leadership. That's why I've stepped up to run as the new chairman of the Republican National Committee. We need to radically revamp our approach towards elections that have radically changed how they're run over the last few years, particularly after COVID. I think we need to get a handle on our spending at the RNC. I think there's some very concerning reports that are coming out about undisciplined spending and not spending on the right things to help us win elections. Um, we need to be more actively involved in the process of uh, helping our candidates win, selecting them, establishing, um, you know, who is, uh, you know, sort of a process, weighing in earlier in the process and not just being sitting ducks for poor candidate choices. Um, and, you know, people would like to blame President Trump. President Trump brought a lot of new voters into the party, but we're not going to keep them if we don't produce candidates who are speaking to those folks who are, are not out of touch with them and who are America first. So I really think that the party has not evolved to fit the current circumstances and we must adapt or die. That's so, one of my messages in this campaign. So talk to us about the process. How does one become the RNC chair? And then for you in particular, what's your process uh, in trying to get that position look like? Well, I jumped into this race uh, less than two weeks ago. I actually was kind of surprised when the chair ran for a third term because she promised us two years ago she wouldn't. And so I was really expecting that, you know, another member would step up and I would continue doing all the legal work and civil rights work that I do for, for the country. But instead, nobody did step up. And I'm looking at the prospect of all of us, you know, rearranging the deck chairs in the Titanic while the ship sinks and not winning elections for the fourth major election cycle in a row. We didn't win in 2018. We didn't win in 2020. We barely sort of kind of won one of our races and, you know, getting a sliver back in Congress in 2022. And I think our performance is actually getting worse. After 2020, we should have made major adaptations to how we run elections. We should have adapted to the fact that, like it or not, we have ballot harvesting and early voting in an increasing number of states, the majority of states in the country. People like Rana, she's, you know, certainly well-liked in the party, but I think, you know, sort of pointing out the fact that we haven't won elections, which is why we're here. We're not here for cocktail parties, Philip Mignon or, you know, tchotchkes. We're here to win elections. It's not happening. So 
You have to call each of these 167 other members of the RNC, reason with them, sit down with them, uh, persuade them, explain to them why it's in their state's interest and their interest to have a change. If after seeing all the information, the failed elections recycles, the sclerotic operations of the RNC, they still want to keep going the same way, then, you know, that's. That's what I'm trying to overcome, that inertia. All right. She's a friend of Stephanie Bell's. She's running for the RNC chair. She did a lot in the Trump administration. You see her on Fox all the time. Her name is Harmeet Dillon. We're big fans. We got a message, the conservative or the American message, to a younger group of people, a different group of people. And you said earlier, we need to be speaking to them, all these new voters that Trump brought in. We need to be speaking to them. What do we need to be saying to those Middle of the road, independence, regretful Biden voters. What do we say to them to say, here's why we think you should vote conservative? Well, what we need to be saying is we hear you. We understand that our border is something that we care about greatly. We are losing our country because of a lack of concern for these values that we hold dear. We, the representatives of the people, we promise and pledge that we will pass policies that put money, more money in your pocketbook that bring down these disastrous gas prices, that take a handle on this inflation, that help you afford as good or better a house as your parents were able to do when they were young. You can't say that today to most Americans because it isn't true. And so, you know, each each state and each each candidate has to have a different message based on where they are. The, the message is going to be different in California than it is in, um, you know, in Missouri, but what what's clear across the country is that our party has morphed from the party of the cultural elite, the party of the Chamber of Commerce, the party of, uh, you know, so the military industrial complex and endless wars to the party of the little guy, the party who uh, of the person who is blue collar. Sometimes they may even belong to a union uh, and and they just want a better life for themselves. And, you know, I'm hearing that across the country. I hear it from the people who supported me uh, in, in, in running and who are encouraging me to run for this position. The Republican National Committee is an elitist organization. And I mean, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm a member of it. So I guess I'm one of those elites as well. But it doesn't have to be as out of touch with reality as it is. The party really needs to adapt. The party needs to involve the rank and file voters and hear from them and be more responsive. We're not doing that. In fact, during this race, a lot of people have organically stepped up to share um, with members in their state, the 168 members of the RNC, why they're, why they want me to be the new chair. And some members have reacted with anger and contempt. They don't think it's their role to have to hear from, you know, the riffraff who voted them in, uh, you know, in between elections. And that's just the wrong attitude. Um, that's that's you know, the Democrats have a party that's run by a handful of a, a cabal of you know radical Marxists. Our party needs to be in touch. Our party needs to be responsive. Our party needs to modernize so that we are hustling every single ballot into the ballot box, not waiting for people to vote on election day. Because when we do that, we're hundreds of thousands of votes behind, or even more. The Democrats and, you know, people get tired and they see the long lines and they don't vote. We cannot afford that. Our country cannot afford that anymore. So say I'm part of the riffraff or a deplorable or whatever here in Missouri, and I have opinions about the leadership uh, at the RNC. What can I what 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 can I do? Well, one thing you could do is you could um, you could actually contact those members of the of the RNC in your state. Now, 
a couple of them have already had conversations with me or I've been in touch with them and you know they're very supportive of the of the current chair uh so so it's been a challenge however the election is still like well, 45 days away or 44 days away news is coming out today about excessive spending at the rnc i suspect there'll be other news later on about different issues yeah we'll have other we'll have other things to talk about and so i think people need to keep an open mind um you know there was only one person in the race when rana suddenly announced even though she said she was going to run for three terms only that she was running for a fourth term many people rapidly signed on but it's their duty, in my opinion, and it's my duty as the RNC committee woman from California when that vote is taken to vote for the best candidate, whether that's me or somebody else. I certainly think it's going to be me. But, um, you know, whoever it is, change is imperative if we are to survive as a party. Well, and I saw on your Twitter that you uh, had a conversation with Mike Lindell, who said he might be interested in the chairman. And I think you said, you know, look, I'm a fan of my pillow, and I had a nice conversation. What can you tell us about that conversation? <laughs> Yeah, so Mike and I, with his assistant, we were playing phone tag over the weekend, and, you know, we finally connected when I was um, in Florida meeting with some donors, and so I took his call. We had a lovely call for about 15 minutes, and Mike is not a member of the RNC. He's from outside the RNC, and so, he, you know, we had just a very friendly conversation. He was asking me, like, hey, I need some guidance. How does this even work? And so, you know, I, I believe in good sportsmanship. He's my opponent in this race. But I explained to him how, how you know, what are the mechanics of running for chair of the RNC or any officer race. And he was very, uh, you know, appreciative of my, uh, you know, transparency. That's, that's how I operate, Stephanie, you know that. And, and so, you know, at the end of it, I said, look, Mike, you know, we love your pillows and we even have your sheets at, uh, at our place. And so, you know, they're great. And, and so may the best person win. And that's my, that's my approach. Um, and so, you know, he's, he's uh, entered the race formally. We'll see what happens. I think that my almost entire adult life has been engaged in Republican politics. So from college, Dartmouth students for Jack Kemp in 1988 to, you know, registering voters in the rain here in San Francisco to becoming ultimately the vice chair of the California GOP before I went to the RNC six years ago. Uh, throughout that time, I've been a fighter for uh, integrity. I've been a fighter for uh, the election integrity process, certainly for several years. My law firm uh, today represents numerous candidates, the RNC, several state parties, and you know is on the leading edge of, of some of these adaptations that we need to make. Now, I know a lot of listeners are like, Harmeet, we need to be going in the opposite direction. We need to get rid of these machines that manipulate our votes. We need to vote on Election Day. I mean, this is a big country, and we're not going to be hand-counting every ballot here in this country if you ever want to get the results anytime near the time of the election. So I think that what we need to do, however, is get citizens more actively involved in that process on our side. In the 2020 election, we had Mark Zuckerberg completely corrupting the election process by effectively subsidizing election operations in the key battleground states. And normal citizens who normally used to work those jobs, they were cut out. And as a result, we had no transparency. So, um, you know, I, I just think that people need to have an open mind about this. And the reality is, in a state where the laws include early voting, like Florida, if you do it correctly, you can do it better than the Democrats and you can win. That needs to be our model, winning elections by all legal means necessary. Our meet Dylan. You see her on Fox TV all the time. She did a lot of stuff with Team Trump. She's running for the Republican National Committee chair. She has been kind enough to give us some of her time here 
on a feel-good Friday on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Harmeet, thank you so much for your time. Probably first, only, and last time we'll ever chat with a California lawyer who actually lives in San Francisco. Thanks for your time on the show. Thanks for having me. Thank you both. Harmeet Dillon. Uh, By the way, one of her neighbors, Nancy Pelosi, longtime speaker Nancy Pelosi. She's doing her weekly presser yesterday for constituents. And she's asked this question by a reporter, say, hey, you going to stay? You going to stay in the House for the next couple of years? You going to fulfill your term? Will you commit to serving your full two-year term for the people of San Francisco? A simple question. Will you commit to fulfilling your two-year term? We know it's a common question asked of Missouri Attorney General candidates when they run for office. You going to stay for the whole time when we elect you? How did Nancy Pelosi answer that question? Kind of a surprising answer. We're going to do that for you. Coming up about five minutes now on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Stephanie Bell, John Marsh, Brian Housworth, producer Hannah, I am Brandon Rathard on 93.9 The Eagle and 104.5 News Radio 950 KWOS. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri featuring Brandon Rathard. Putting the fun in dysfunctional. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri on 93.9 The Eagle. serving your full two-year term for the people of San Francisco? So Nancy Pelosi yesterday in San Francisco, she was uh, she's one of Harmeet Dillon's neighbors. I don't know if they live on the same street or anything, uh, but they're neighbors. And so Nancy Pelosi yesterday doing her weekly press conference, some reporter says, will you commit to... Because listen, she's... What do you do? You've been Speaker of the House. A lot of people will put those flowery in and you were legendary and you were the first ever and you held it for a long time. And now you're just going to be a regular old rep? Can you do that or do you bail out? A very reasonable question by the reporter. Will you fulfill your two-year term to the folks here of San Francisco? So how did Nancy Pelosi, and she's got personal stuff going on. She's got a husband who, you know, he's got that stuff going on. And by the way, I cannot, somebody had asked me about this the other day. By the way, what's happening with Paul Pelosi? There was a police report that came out earlier this week that just goes more into detail. Kind of reiterates what we have been told since day one. This Paul DePape dude, the illegal immigrant from Canada that was in the house with uh, Paul Pelosi. Apparently they just opened and there's video, even though they're not releasing it publicly, uh, the video camera shows two standing there peacefully, and they both had their hands interlocked on a hammer. And then the cop shows up, and the dude apparently uh, assaults Paul. So trying to find a, somebody who can re- a journalist in the San Francisco area, and I'm not saying every single journalist is a progressive, uh, but trying to find a journalist, a conservative journalist willing to go in and really do some investigative reporting, what really, and maybe maybe what we're being told is true. But I wonder what are the chances of trying to find a nonpartisan, intelligent reporter in San Francisco to get uh, the real story and what happened with Paul Pelosi. So here's how Nancy answered the question. A lot of stuff going on in your life. Reasonable question. Do you plan on sticking around for uh, the two years? Her answer? What is this? Don't bother me with a question like that. (laughs) Wow. What Joe say the other day? I know how old I am. I think there was a cuss word in there too. He peppered it with the f word. I know how. Old. So is this Nancy doing the same thing? Sounds kind of no, like I, it. I know I'm old. I know because she's like in her eighties too, isn't she? She's up there. Uh, she's had more work done, so it's kind of harder to tell. But her face is like in a permanent 
position. Like, uh, and her teeth are not, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> she's older than John Marsh, even. <laughs> Careful. I think she's like 82. 82. That's older goodness. than you. Yeah, that is. Barely. And, I, and I, that's the other thing that makes me laugh when these people say, well, and these old white Republican guys, are, my gosh, leader, leadership in the Democrat Party, Joe Biden, how old is he, 98? Nancy Pelosi's like in her 90s also. They're talking about leadership in the Republican Party. Better check yourself. She's not done being cranky. Really? Really? Okay? That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. So, I don't. Those kind of questions are just a waste of my time. No, I mean, yes, sir. Just, ah, just a waste of my time. Well, what a be. diva. Exactly. And and it, again, that highlights that when people say so. Example, when people talk about progressive elites, isn't that very elitist behavior? Mm-hmm. To say, don't bother me with those questions, you peasants. That's what an elitist does. They think they're better than other people. Well, and it's clearly a relevant question. Are you planning on completing your term? I mean, all sorts of journalists ask Joe Biden what his favorite ice cream flavor is. (laughs) You know, that does nothing to add to the conversation. This is a legitimate question she should have answered. All right, coming up here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri on 93.9 The Eagle and 104.5 News Radio 950 KWOS. Mid-Missouri Gas Company based right here where we live draws the ire of Governor Mike Parson, how come? This story uh, affecting thousands of people across the state. We're getting into that coming up at 710.